All right, Avs Nation, welcome to another episode of Locked On Avalanche. On today's episode, we will get to a question that's been rattling around in my brain for the last 48 hours or so, and it involves Kale McCarr and the Norris Trophy. Not for this year, for next year, and I'll explain that. Uh, we will get to, they're releasing a day at a time uh, awards for, like, the, the finalists, for the, the nominees for awards. Are we setting up for another snuff of Jared Bednar and Joe Sackick? Should we be prepared for that? And because we've had all this time off because of the Avalanche sweep, uh, are we catching up on any shows? And in particular, because I just finished one show in particular that's completely done, and the ending was so-so. So what is what are the best endings to television shows that we've ever seen? We'll get to that, and then some. Let's get to it. Your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Avalanche fans, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. Always appreciated. Follow the show on social media outlets, LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked On Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, opinions to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. And follow the show on our YouTube channel over on YouTube. Hit subscribe and get notified when a new show goes live. Uh, we are recording this. It's, uh, I think the the Wild and Blues are underway uh, about halfway through the first, no score yet. So we will monitor that as we are recording. Clearly, when you listen to this in the morning on Friday, you will have known if the Avalanche know their second round matchup or if it's going to have to wait another day. So we'll keep an eye on that as we go through this episode. Uh, but what I wanted to get to first, Mr. Sullivan, are you good audio-wise? Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. All right. Um, I, I've been thinking about about the you know awards because awards are coming out. Nominees are coming out for individual awards. We got the Hart finalists and you know we, we got the Norris finalists. And it's not a surprise that, that of who they are with, with Hedman, Makar, and, and Yossi. I kind of just feel just reading the vo- reading the room, I guess if you want to use the <laughs> phrase. I, I just feel like Kale McCarr is gonna get shafted here for, for this yeah. year. Unfairly so. I think I think people and voters are just fixed on Yossi's points and nothing else and are just so enamored with how many points he scored. Um, I think if he has scored over a hundred, I think this would be not even a question. But I'm still holding out hope because he didn't reach that century mark, even though he got 96, which is impressive. I, I just feel like, the, the like I said, reading the room, I just kind of feel like Kale McCarr is going to get the shaft for this, and that, and I just don't feel like that's right. Having yeah. said that, and the votes are in, you know, like it's, it's done. You can't vote after the playoffs start. You can't vote based on what happens in the playoffs. But people remember what happened mm-hmm. in the playoffs. And do you think in kind of a way that Kale McCarr is winning the Norris Trophy already for next year based on this year being so tight and the conversation is those two guys and those those people who voted went the way of Yossi 
and they then they see what happened in the playoffs between and these guys played against each other. That's the best part about it. Yeah. Is it was so one-sided that voters next year and 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 even if that happens like McCarr's got to perform. I'm not saying he can just roll over and and they'll just give him the award next year. But if he does something similar to what he's done this year or even a little bit better, do you think voters will even say like I'm not saying I got it wrong last year, but this guy is is way better than I thought he was. And I guess he's kind of setting himself up for for next year's Norris in this year's playoffs. Does that make sense at all? Yeah, um, especially I think the awards are announced uh, game three in that break. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's around that time. And let's I let's just anyway. I mean, come on, we're all Avalanche fans here. Let's be honest. When Colorado's there, and game three and Kale McCart, he continues doing what he's doing in these playoffs and they announce um, the winner of the Norris is Roman Yossi who's sitting at home who's probably on his 18th hole when they announce it. <laughs> 18th round of golf I would say. Uh, but yeah he's been doing everything. Yeah, Everybody's going to turn around and look at the, uh, the hockey writers who voted on this and say how does this make sense? Do you not see what Kale McCart is doing right now in the playoffs? Like, that's great that he did all this and Yossi did that in the regular season. But clearly the eye test is Kale McCarr is better all around at the game of hockey. Mm. And I feel like the voters will hear that and they'll be like, you know what? We're not making the same mistake next year. We're really going to evaluate this a little bit differently and not just go off the Google overall skill and like who's got the most Mm -hmm. points and that's my check mark. Like, I think the writers are going to take this into account, too, with the backlash off the Yossi boat. I mean, you can never expect what's going to happen in, in the postseason. And you don't vote yeah. off of that. I'm not saying that the writers would do that for next year. Um, but I, I think just because it's, it's been the Kale McCarr show. And, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't want to say it's his coming out party. Because for, like you said, us Avalanche fans, like, we've seen this. And, and now it's on a bigger scale of what he's doing. So I, I just feel like it's going to linger around heading into next year. Like not, not that they're going to base next year's votes on what happened in this year's playoffs. They're not going to base it solely on that. I'm not that naive to think that way. I'm just saying this, the way that he performed in just one round so far mm-hmm. maybe turned the thinking of voters for the future is kind of like kind of where I'm going with this. And, and, I don't know, and and you have another, hopefully, three more rounds for this guy to play in the playoffs to show what he can do, and if that happens, if he has a repeat of what he did in, in round one and does it again or maybe even better in round two, the conference trials, and hopefully the Stanley Cup finals, I do. I think it's just setting the, the, the base for next season. I I, re, I just I kind of there's always people that just come out and have these great post seasons, and then people people get contracts based on what they do in the postseason when they're a free agent. But Cam McCarr already has that, so I think going into next year, it's just gonna it's I think it's just gonna change the thinking of a lot of voters going into next year. I get <clears throat> I get what you're saying there, and like I completely agreed with it until I was thinking a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Nathan McKinnon was chasing Taylor Hall for that heart. And everybody knew who was the better of the two. And Nathan McKinnon has never got that heart. No. 
So, yeah. and like, you can look back and be like, well, everybody clearly knows who was the better. That was Nathan McKinnon's award. Like, Taylor Hall, it was just given to him. Is yeah. this another way the Colorado Avalanche are going to get snubbed? And this is going to be the conversation next year when the Predators team is not going to look the same and Kale McCarr is going to be a member of a new-look Avalanche next year. And he's doing a little bit more than he did last year. Mm-hmm. And everybody kind of points out, like, he was definitely the better of the two. I wonder if we're going to be having the same conversation next year when the Norris rolls around. I don't know. I mean, I, I just feel like, uh, uh, well, as far as Nathan McKinnon goes, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like he should have won it that year, obviously. <clears throat> but the following year, he was the hot pick to, mm-hmm. to be the MVP in the heart. And, and it didn't happen. It still hasn't happened. Yeah. Um, so it's no guarantee. I'm not saying that it is, but you know, I think we know what we have with Kale McCarr, and I do. I just, I, I kind of just have this this feeling that voters are watching this, and they're not saying I. If they voted for Roman Yossi, they're not saying I got it wrong this year. I get if you want to vote for Roman Yossi, um, but I just kind of feel like some of them that voted for them watched that series. And we're like, um, you know, next year we, we we probably have to give this kid his due because I don't want to hear the junk about like he's 23 years old and he has all these years yeah. to win it. No, screw that. Like, and, it's, it's impressive what he's doing at his age and reward him for it. And I think the thing that really helps Kale's case is that he's doing this on the national stage. Right. Um, and he's getting the attention of a lot more voters that probably didn't watch. Like Colorado games, you got to stay up late if you're on the East Coast. Nashville, you just turn it on. There they are. He looks good. Check my box. Mm. Yep. Next year, this name will stay in your mind, especially if Kale keeps up what he's doing. Yeah. So, I want to know what people think. Like uh, again, I'm not saying like just based on a playoff series is what's going to win so many award a year from now. But mm-hmm. if you understand what I'm trying to get at here, <clears throat> does it make some sense? Um, by the way, if nobody scores in the next 20 seconds, the Maple Leafs and Lightning are going to overtime. Uh, the Leafs are going to leaf, baby. Yeah. So, um, and I did get a question on Instagram, and I wanted to bring this up quickly. Shane, um, I, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing your last name, uh, Bonfant or Bonfanti, um, says that he feels like he has cracked the code of the Skittle thrower, first of all. He, he was watching the video, and he feels like he there was a, a kid in a knit cap uh, he tossed something directly at Kale, and Kale looks down to see what was thrown. He said, this is at the 47.5 second left in the game mark. So, not only, I mean, we should have known it was going to be a kid if it's Skittles being thrown. Oh, but, my. The uh, ever-loving nerve of that kid. Uh, right? Right? Bring so, me the child! <laughs> maybe maybe he just wanted Kale to sign his Skittle uh, it, mid-game, for whatever reason. Oh, I don't know. That. Um, Kale's not that good. I don't know if he could. Yeah, that's a hard thing to sign. But he's already got an S on it, and he doesn't have a name S in his name. Uh, but he does ask a question and says, "Who would be a sleeper pick if the Avs go on to win the entire thing? Uh, you can't pick Kale McCarr. You can't pick Nathan McKinnon. Who would be kind of like that underground person that comes out of nowhere in the next few rounds to take the Conn Smythe Award?" So kind of like just a, a, a predicting a, a sleeper avalanche player that uh, could have a good next few rounds that could take that award. It's got to be Val Nachushkin if you're not picking Nader Kale. 
Like nails, uh, like Nuke has already been putting in the work. He is, but I, I mean, uh, you know, it's it, a lot of it's based on numbers. You know, what I mean, they're not looking at play and they're not looking at forechecking a lot for for the consmythe. So I think outside of you know, Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon, the obvious is Miko Rantanen, who really hasn't gotten going too much. He was very quiet, I thought, mm-hmm. in in the first round. So. He he's it's always possible for him to kind of just blow up in the next few rounds and take that. Wouldn't be surprised for that. But somebody that's like not the household name um, that could take this thing. You always have to look at the goalie. You have to look at Darcy mm. Kemper. You know what I mean? He could he could take that. Um, <sighs> oh, left eye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With T Boz and Chili. Um, <laughs> I think look at him. Kadri is always a possibility because he's had a great season. Um, below that, I, I don't think you're really going to get any of those bottom sixers that are coming out of nowhere to, to claim it. That would be. I've, unless I have there's this, like several game winning goals by someone on the bottom six. I have this feeling deep in my bones the deeper these playoffs go, Val Nichushkin is going to seal the Avalanche a game. Yeah. I could see him with doing his, that. With one of those scrappy games like East, like the Western Conference Finals, like it's a one nothing game and it's gonna be off on something Nuke did and he got one of his nuke goals and that was it. Like yeah. I feel like that's he's on that track. Like he's already got I think two goals already. So I think so. I think you're right, yeah. So interesting question. So I'll throw that out to people out there in the chat as well. Um who do you think? Kind of like a sleeper pick outside of the the big guns. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So as we're on the topic of awards and all that, uh, let's hear from Built Bar. And then the two guys that continue to get snubbed in, in their categories, is that going to happen again? Uh, but first, Built Bar, they have a brand new puff flavor. And Kyle and I always talk about how you have to go to their website and see they always have brand new flavors coming out. They had those granola bars that they have released, and now they have a brand new birthday cake puff flavor. So uh, we we they they are coming in the mail for us, so we can test these things. I will have to pass it on to my wife because I'm not the biggest marshmallow fan. But uh, anything birthday cake, who doesn't want that? That is made for me. Birthday Uh, cake, anything made for me. Are you the like uh, spoon and birthday cake jar type of guy? Are you? Are you? Oh yeah. Like I would. (laughs) I will. I'm that kind of guy that'll eat birthday cake just the icing and like give the cake part to my kids. Like you're that guy. I'm that. You've never grown out of that, is what you're telling me. Yeah. You're talking to a guy in a Scooby Doo shirt, Chris. And of course, with Built Bars, even the birthday cake puffs, as sweet as they are, they have 150 calories, 16 grams of protein, only 9 grams of sugar for this limited time flavor. It's an amazing option if you're looking for a healthy way to get the flavor and variety in on your day. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off of your order and it doesn't matter what you order, including the birthday cake puffs. They don't remove those from the deal just because they're new. Once again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. 
I really am looking forward to seeing the nominees for general manager of the year because this is one of, of life's greatest mysteries on why Joe Sackick continues to not even be nominated for this award. So you have this one, and, and Jared Bednar is another one who has mm-hmm. yet to win Coach of the Year. Um, and I, I just feel, I, I don't know, man, I, I feel like he's going to not even be in the nominee, the, the, the top three nominees this year. And Joe Sackick absolutely should be. But just based on what's happened in the past three years, it's one of those things where it's like, I will believe it when I see it. Yeah. Do you think one of these guys, both of these guys, or neither of them make the final three nominees? It has to be Joe Sackick's year this year, especially with how he handled the the trade deadline alone. And navigating the COVID shutdown and like how he constructed this team. It's got to be Joe Sackick. I mean, you would have to if, – if he does – if he's not even in the nominees this year, I don't know what else this man needs to do to be part of the, the final three. And, and for this year, I mean, if you want to say in the past years, maybe they put a lot of weight on the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Because he's not been – like he makes trades, but they're not these holy – crap like these are massive deals maybe that's what voters want to see and while this year wasn't like the the enormous splash it was i would say maybe the biggest splash that joe sackick has ever made in terms of the trade deadline so everything that he did in the offseason leading up to this this season that we're in and the the trade deadline and getting arturi lekkanen and getting uh, Manson, um, even if you want to throw Nico Sturm in there, like he filled the the holes that the Avalanche had, and you have to look at that. You have to look at that. Again, I don't know what the man would need to do if he doesn't get a nominee this year and and win the thing. And you know, I I hate to say this, mm-hmm. I don't know if Bednar ever will. I, I, well, here's another one. Like again, if he doesn't win it this year, or and he's not going to be nominated this year, you, you see no. like these, these uh, kind of like mock, almost like a power ranking, like we did yeah. yesterday with coaches, and they do it every every so often throughout the year. Bednar's never been in the top five for for ones that are they're done by the NHL Network. You always see Brenda Moore up there. Um, who else is always up there? Uh, Daryl Suter's always up there for what he's doing in Calgary. Uh, Andrew Burnett's in there. We were, we were talking to Armando about that for the Florida Panthers. You feel like those three guys are going to be up there. And is it one of those things where Bednar doesn't get the notoriety because of the talent on his team? And you and I <laughs> always argue, you still have to manage that talent. Yeah. Like, especially if the Avalanche keep on going through this season and – Go all the way, get the cup. From this point forward, it's well. That's the Avalanche. I could mm-hmm. coach the Avalanche to that. Bednar will never get credit another day in his life after they win the cup. Mm. That's out the window. So if it's not this year, with what Bednar also had to navigate with the COVID shutdown and the injuries, it's never happening. And and that is not talked about enough. What he does 
with this team that is just decimated. They've been healthy recently, you know, to end the season they've they've been healthy, but and it wasn't just early this year. Um it's been multiple years now where this team has had injuries up and down the lineup and not just your bottom six players or you know your third pairing or anything on defense like you are out Gabe Landeskog, Miko Rantanen, Kale McCarr, Nathan McKinnon, Devon Taves, Nazem Kadri. You are out your superstars. And he has kept them afloat year after year. And it's kind of a shame that he's you – know, there's always coaches out there that are, are as deserving. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the fact that he does not get nominated, it, I, I, I agree with you. I don't think it's going to happen. It's the same it. reason you don't hear John Cooper's name every year. It's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking about that now. I mean, and, and you know, for a team like that, you got back-to-back championships, and, you know, now you're obviously going for a third. That's not easy to do. Like, that's not easy to coach. There's so much pressure on a team like that, and he's got them. I don't know. They're in overtime right now. I don't think that started yet, but. Yeah. And then you get everyone who says, well, I could coach the Lightning to a Stanley Cup with that team. That's what Bednar is about to get Mm. for the rest of his coaching career. One to nothing, St. Louis Blues, with a minute and 45 seconds left in the first. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Um, And Edmonton is up one to nothing on the Kings a minute and a half into that game. So uh, I've never cheered so hard for the Kings in my entire life. (laughs) Long way to go in that one. Um, so I don't anticipate Jared Bednar being up for the fi- one of the three final nominees. I absolutely do for Joe Sackick. And if it doesn't happen, I am going to start thinking that there's a conspiracy going on here. And <laughs> what I does Joe know? I don't normally, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I get a kick out of them. I think they're kind of fun. Um, but I will be in full conspiracy theory mode if he's not even nominated in the top three for this year. We shall see. All right. Uh, it's, our, it's our last Friday before the Avs uh, start playing again next week, so we've had a lot of time to catch up on whatever, movies, television shows. So uh, let's hear from Bet Online, and then uh, I finished Ozark mm. earlier today. And you haven't watched it, but um, I want to get into... I'm not going to spoil anything for anybody that hasn't finished it yet. But uh, ending was like, eh, so-so. Good episode, but the ending... We'll get into it. Hmm. Uh, but first, our partners over at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, all the fights, and even next season's NFL futures, which that schedule just dropped. And how about that, Bronco fans? Week number one, Seattle Seahawks, Denver Broncos. Nothing like that. Uh, wow. I mean, I don't What's think... the history there? I have no idea. What are you no, talking about? No, there's no history whatsoever. Uh, but BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs to esports and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. That's BetOnline.net, where the game starts. So I did finish uh, Ozark, and like I said, like the the... Final episode overall it was a very good episode, 
But when a show that I'm so invested in like ends, I I want that like the last scene of a a show to really like just leave me like wow. And while something like kind of big happened at the end of this episode, it wasn't kind of what I expected. And maybe it just had in my head what was going to happen, and that's never what happens. And I'm not basing it because it's like, oh, this this is what I thought was going to happen, and it didn't go that way. I wasn't a fan of it. I just want to say it was like a, it was a very good episode. <laughs> a lot of the these storylines were buttoned up, and you have kind of like a finality to certain characters. Um, but it left me like when as soon as it like it, it was one like one of those Sopranos things where like mm. it went dark and I'm like that was kind of weird. Okay, um, all right. But it got me like I was fully anticipating it being high up there in like the best endings to any series, and it wasn't. But that doesn't take away from the whole show. Fantastic show. But it got me thinking, like, what are, like, my favorite endings to shows? And I have three that are going to be very difficult to beat. But you do you have any that you remember, like, wow, like, just left your jaw on the floor? Well, yeah, and, like, the way how, how you said Ozark ended sounds like, um, like, for me, my favorite television show of all time is Twin Peaks. And the first two... That. The first two seasons were incredible, and they were back in the 90s. And then, of course, like because something was said in the show that 20 years later, they'll see each other again. Season yep. three came out 20 years later. Mm. And, of course, all the Twin Peaks fans get excited, and you think everything's going to wrap up, and it doesn't. We haven't seen season four or any hints of it, so we're all still... Just kind of like in limbo here? So it's wow. I, I get that. I get that 100%, but... When it comes down to like a good show that a good ending, my number one has to be Breaking Bad. I, I Breaking Bad is probably my favorite show ever, ever. Yeah. Um, and I I did like the ending. I thought yeah. it was a, a very good ending, even though you knew what was going to happen because they keep talking about it since yeah. like season two. You didn't yeah. know how it was going to happen, so. Um, yeah, it was. It's the, the it, shows it. yeah, it made it feel complete. Like you just witnessed a story. Yeah, yeah. So it, it really put a good bookend on an incredible show. So for me, there there's three shows that that kind of stand out for endings. I was a huge Lost fan. I don't know if you were. Ah, um, I I was for like the first one or two seasons, and then yeah. kind of. I mean, it gets weird. It gets really weird. But it's J.J. Abrams. He ruined yeah. Alias for me. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So, um, I just, I just loved where that show went, like the twists and turns of it. And a lot of people didn't like the ending. I was fine with the ending. I, I thought the ending was, was very, <laughs> very well done. Yeah, I know about the ending. Yeah, so um, that's a great ending. Uh, the show Parenthood. You, you ever watch Parenthood? Interesting. No. Oh my god, man! Like. I don't care how manly anybody out there thinks they are. You will be a puddle while watching the show at several times throughout. There's, I think there's like five or six seasons of it, maybe seven. Um, but it, it's such a good show. And the ending is just perfect. It's just perfect for this show. It, it's it's so, so good. Did you I mean, ever? Yeah. Did you ever take in the ending to St. Elsewhere? 
No. It was a medical show like in the yeah. 80s. Yeah, I've never seen an episode of that. The last episode, it was probably the best ending of television of all time. Mm-hmm. The entire show, it the episode ends and it pans into one of the doctor's like apartment, but like the kid is shaking a snow globe. Mm-hmm. And the whole show, all the seasons, everything that happened, the kid's holding a snow globe of the hospital. And the kid's dad is a janitor for the hospital, but in the show, he was like one of the big doctors. But in reality, he was just a janitor. And the kid had this whole thing, the whole show made up in his snow globe. What? Yeah. That's like the Lego movie. Remember the yeah. Lego movie? Like <laughs> At the end, like Will Ferrell just comes walking down the yeah. steps and it's reality and it's his son yeah. just playing with the Lego toys. It was wow. very... That's how St. Elsewhere was. So, very cool. That just blew my mind. Wow. I'm going to have to go just go look up that. I'm sure it's on YouTube, just the end. It is. It is. It's one of the all-time endings. So, for me, the ending to a series that I don't think will ever be beat was an HBO show uh, called Six Feet Under. Ah, I don't know if you've ever watched Six Feet Under. I have. Oh, my goodness. Like, I, I always heard that that was one of the best endings. Um, and I remember when the when the show came out, I, I watched the first episode of it, and I just never kept up with it. This was like around two, year 2000 or something like that. And I was in college and stuff, and I just didn't keep up with it. So a few years ago, um, I, I, my wife and I were looking for a new show to watch, and I'm like, I've always heard the ending of Six Feet Under is good. Why don't we start it from the beginning? She's like, fine. The show itself is incredible. Mm-hmm. There's some parts where you're like um, – you don't like people they're they're very hate hateable <laughs> but you they do a very good job of like character development where you turn to start liking them as the seasons goes on and i'm telling you the ending is just it's it's chef's kiss it's unbelievable it still gives me the chills when i when i see the ending of that show my number three hmm. the ultimate king of the King of the Hill, not the King of the Hill show. Great show. Watch the show, but it's <laughs> right, not right. King of the Hill. Yeah. Seinfeld, man. That one was so polarizing. Oh, my like, God. It, it they, They're in jail having the exact same conversation from the first episode. Absolutely. Yep. And they even it's, say, like, didn't we have this conversation before? Uh, but and I, it was a good way to whole, bring everybody back. Exactly. You know? Like, on trial for, like, the littlest thing, and everybody just, it was like a trial of character, and, like, the characters yeah. you fell in love with, it made you as a viewer feel bad for, like, enjoying it. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, yeah, these guys are actually pretty terrible. And a lot of people were thinking, because they gave him a sentence. It wasn't just, like, you guys are going to, to prison. Yeah. I think it was, like, six years or something like that. So a lot of people were thinking, like, maybe in six years they're going to, like, bring this show back. That never happened, and I'm glad it didn't because shows like that, like, they don't wear out their welcome. And I think Jerry Seinfeld knew that. I think he's like, I'm going to get out of this while we're at the top because we don't want to be on the downswing when people are going to forget us. And now it's it's one of the biggest shows in history. And if yeah. you still want a show like that, like, you could go get Curb Your Enthusiasm, and it's still got that same, like, same yeah. humor. So, And if you want kind of like an immature version of that, Always Sunny. Oh yeah, not be always sunny. So, 
I don't want that show to ever end, but uh, you know, if it ever, when it does, uh, I'm looking forward to to that final episode because that's going to yeah. be a good one. Uh, so we're all, I mean, we're not all you're never going to be all caught up on your shows because there's ten thousand no. shows out there right now. But I'm still watching Doctor Who. Uh, yeah, well, that'll take it forever. Um, <laughs> but is there anything that everybody out there caught up on when you had these extra days off, thanks to the Avalanche sweep? Uh, let us know in the comments, and if you agree with me on Six Feet Under. Just let me know how that affected you because it, it's epic. So, um, all right. We'll be back on Monday. We will know who the Avs uh, matchup will be by then. I, I'm just going to check the scores again really quick. I'm sure that Blues game is at intermission. It is. Maple Leafs and Lightning are still in overtime, so we're going to wrap this up so we can go watch that bad boy. And it's still one nothing Edmonton. So, um, until Monday, thank you for tuning in, making this your first listen of the day. Always appreciated. Definitely go check out Locked On NHL for your second listen. Get caught up on all these games right here and right now. Um, and we will see everybody on Monday. He is Mr. Shaggy Van Doom, Kyle Sullivan, I am Chris Maselli. And this is the Locked On Avalanche podcast. See you guys on Monday. Have a good weekend. Go, Abs, go.